What's up, Anchor? Kaylee Chella checking back in with today's top stories. Facebook may be heading for its worst day on the markets in its history, a day after the company revealed that user growth, amid swirling questions about how their information is used, has slowed. The erosion in the value of Facebook as it is perceived on Wall Street involves some staggering numbers. In midday trading Thursday, the company's market value, the number of outstanding shares multiplied by the value of a single stock, fell by more than $122 billion. That means that in one day, just the decline in Facebook's market value is roughly the entire market value of McDonald's or Nike, give or take a few billion. And it far exceeds the total market value of major U.S. multinational corporations such as General Electric or Caterpillar. The company still has a total market value of close to $511 billion, which exceeds the annual gross domestic product of countries like Poland, Belgium, and Iran. Facebook was downgraded by a number of industry analysts who were caught off guard by slowing growth in the wake of the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Company shares fell 19% on Thursday. With the Georgia governor's race now set, the contest between Republican Brian Kemp and Democrat Stacey Abrams becomes a question of which candidate can move beyond their partisan bases to capture the electoral middle in this emerging battleground state. Kemp, a two-term Secretary of State backed by President Trump, hardly moderated his approach as he celebrated an overwhelming runoff victory Tuesday. After a campaign featuring guns, chainsaws, and his smiling pledge to, quote, round up criminal illegals in his pickup truck, the newly minted Republican nominee painted Abrams as a radical leftist threat to Georgia values. Abrams, a former state legislative leader, isn't a radical by any conventional definition of U.S. politics, but she's run an aggressive campaign to energize the Democratic base by pledging to expand Medicaid insurance and spend more on education, infrastructure, and job training. She also backs tighter gun restrictions, abortion rights, and removing Confederate monuments from state property. Her effort to become the nation's first black woman elected governor has made her a national political celebrity. Emory University political science professor Alan Abramowitz said, quote, The contrast could not be sharper. Kemp is running as an all-out Trump supporter and a politically incorrect conservative. Abrams is not only the first African-American candidate for governor in Georgia, but probably the most liberal Democratic candidate for governor in history. Both national parties are running ads labeling the opposition as dangerous. A Republican Governors Association spot slams Abrams as the most radical liberal ever to run for governor. The voiceover doesn't even limit the claim to Georgia. The Democratic Governors Association labels Kemp irrational, using the same secretly recorded audio Kemp exploited to defeat Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, who lamented that the GOP contest came down to, quote, who had the biggest gun, who had the biggest truck, and who could be the craziest. For her part, the 44-year-old Abrams steered clear of heated partisan broadsides. After Kemp's victory, she sent a Twitter fundraising appeal that mentioned her Republican rival only by his last name. She wrote, quote, Service, faith, and family guide our vision for Georgia. Affordable health care, excellent public schools for every child, an economy that works for all. Georgia's version of the widening gulf between the two major parties in style and substance in the Trump era offers plenty of spillover effects nationwide. Kemp's victory margin affirms Trump's imprint and the Republican base's continued embrace of hardliners, sending another warning to establishment critics of the president. November's vote will test this strategy with two candidates that could hardly be more different. 
The Associated Press reports that a CNN correspondent said she was barred from attending an open press event at the White House on Wednesday because of questions she asked President Trump earlier in the day. Caitlin Collins and her employer, CNN, say the White House denied Collins access to Trump's Rose Garden event with the European Commission president because officials found her earlier questions, quote-unquote, inappropriate. Collins had served as a representative of the television networks during an earlier pool spray in the Oval Office. She and a handful of other reporters peppered the president with questions, including many focused on his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. CNN on Tuesday obtained and aired a secret audio recording that captured Trump and Cohen discussing a potential payment to a former Playboy model who claims she had an affair with Trump. It's standard protocol for reporters to ask the president questions at such events, and Trump, unlike some of his predecessors, often engages. Collins says she was later reprimanded by Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Communications Chief Bill Shine and told she could not attend the Rose Garden event, which was open to all other members of the credentialed media. CNN in a statement objected to the move, calling it retaliatory in nature and, quote, not indicative of an open and free press. The network said, quote, just because the White House is uncomfortable with a question regarding the news of the day doesn't mean the question isn't relevant and shouldn't be asked. The White House Correspondents Association also issued a harshly worded statement condemning the, quote, White House's misguided and inappropriate decision today to bar one of our members from an open press event after she asked questions they did not like. The group's president, Oliver Knox, said, quote, This type of retaliation is wholly inappropriate, wrong-headed, and weak. It cannot stand. And Fox News president Jay Wallace said, quote, We stand in strong solidarity with CNN for the right to full access for our journalists as part of a free and unfettered press. Sanders, in her own statement, defended the decision and claimed that Collins had, quote, shouted questions and refused to leave despite repeatedly being asked to do so at the end of the Oval Office event. Numerous reporters, including many from the European Union delegation, had been shouting questions, and as usual, it took some time for the pack of journalists to file out the doors. Sanders said the White House made clear that other CNN journalists were invited to the next event, just not Collins. She said, quote, To be clear, we support a free press and ask that everyone be respectful of the presidency and guests at the White House. All right, guys, that's all I got for now. Make sure to tune in tomorrow morning for the latest. This is Kaylee Chella signing off.